Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. I just want to appreciate you for uh, being able to come here and, and speak life into your children, oh God. Father, the word that I have is a really big pill to swallow, oh God, but I pray, oh Lord, that you'll give your children living water so they can swallow this pill, and that your glory and your grace and your your presence, oh God, will um, convict the hearts of your children, and so I pray, oh Lord, that everything I say today will not come from me and my own personal opinions, but they will come from the throne room of grace, and they will come from sitting at your feet and digging into your word, oh God, and you will fill me up with everything that is like you, oh God, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. So um, I have slides for y'all today. I don't know if it's showing. Can somebody give me a thumbs up if we're good? Okay. I see it. It's good. Okay. Perfect. Um, Today we're going to be talking about the kingdom key. Can everybody say the kingdom key? The kingdom key. Um, I, I really do believe that as children of God, this is not, well, it doesn't matter if I believe it or not. The truth is, as children of God, we are adopted into a kingdom. We are adopted into the kingdom. That The Bible talks about how we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And every kingdom is ruled by a king. And every kingdom has principles that is followed um, by the king. And so it's so, by, sorry, by the people um, that is the principles are created by the king and the people follow those principles. And so it's so important that we understand that even though we live in this world, that we are not of this world. We actually are just we're sent here. Right. We are sent here um, on assignments. If you read the book of John, the Bible talks, it, it's, we see that Jesus is having a conversation with God, and, and he's saying, like, as you've sent me here, oh God, and you've kept me here, oh God, Father, keep your children because they're sent here, and I know the enemy is going to come for them. So keep them protected because they're not from this place. Do you understand that you are not from here? You are simply on assignment. Your kingdom is in heaven. And, and so because you are not from here, the culture of this society is really not your culture. The, the way that your society does things, the popular culture, is really not yours. And so what we have the habit of doing is that we do out of sight, out of mind. And so we take on the culture that we live in instead of the culture of the kingdom. Well, I would like to welcome you into the kingdom this morning. You are in the kingdom, and because you are in the kingdom, you have to operate like a kingdom citizen. You're, you're called to operate as a kingdom citizen. So as kingdom citizens, we become part of this kingdom by understanding that um, we are born again. We become born again, um, and, and we confess with our mouth, and we believe in our heart. We confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart. And that is how we get adopted into this kingdom. Confession is a verbal thing. You say, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I believe um, that he is being raised, that he was raised from the dead. And on the third day, he got up and all that. Like, that is confession. But believing is, is it requires action. Believing requires action. Belief expressed outwardly is obedience. It's so interesting that the young man who led um, the intercessory prayer this morning talked about obedience because I'm like, hey, he's just about to preach my whole word. Like, he really hit on that because um, I, I don't think it's on accident. God is calling 
our generation. This is, this is past the gap, church. I really do believe that God is calling us as millennials, as young people, into a space of undiluted obedience. We are called to be obedient as kingdom citizens. And to be quite honest, we cannot say we love God if we don't obey him. Let me give you an example. If you believe, now I know we have some students, we have some educated people in here, so hopefully this is not too far-fetched. If you believe that in order to find the angle of a right angle triangle, you must, you must use the Pythagorean theorem, which is A squared plus B squared equals C squared. I hope I'm not going too far. Oh, I mean, you had to, you know, it was on the SAT, so I really do believe that everybody in here has seen the Pythagorean theorem. No matter what your degree is, you had to have seen it at some point in your time. Okay, so A squared plus B squared equals C squared, and that is the equation in order to solve the angles in the right angle triangle. You know that corner is 90, but you may not know the other two. Do you feel what I'm saying? Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so... If I really do believe that, then when it's time for the test, I will use that formula in order to solve the equation for, or the, the angles for a right angle triangle. However, if I just say I believe it, I'm in class and they're like, hey, what is it? A squared plus B squared equals C squared, bet, 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 bet. And then I get on the test and I, all of a sudden, even though I have the knowledge, I don't put it on, I don't use it to, in order to solve the angles. I really have to question whether you believe in that equation or not. And so it's important that as kingdom citizens, if we say that we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, our Lord and our Savior, right? If we say that we believe that he came and gave us salvation, if we say that we, we believe that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords over our lives, it is absurd to think that you wouldn't obey him. Like, it doesn't make sense. Because if you really believed it, it would show in your actions. And so I really struggled. So, so a lot of people are like, you know, you know, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. But there is no fruit. There is no evidence of your salvation. And that's why the Bible says that faith without works is dead. It's useless. You're just talk. You're just forming for no reason. Don't form for God. Amen. 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 So I want to take us to the, to the book of Hebrews chapter 3, 16 to 19. Hebrews chapter 3, 16 to 19. Before I read the scripture, what I'm going to do is I'm, gonna, I'm not going to assume everybody knows the story of the Israelites. And so I'm going to kind of give y'all a rough spark notes version of it really quick. Okay. So the Israelites or God's chosen people. They were enslaved um, with the Egyptians for many, many years. And then finally, um, they got, the Bible says that God heard their cry and, and he sent Moses and, and he went to, Moses went to Pharaoh and he told Pharaoh to let his people go. But Pharaoh was like, no, I don't want to let the people go. And so, um, you know, God sent all these plagues and the plagues ended up at the end of the day, Pharaoh finally let the people go, and they, you know, they were able to walk through um, dry, gr dry ground where a sea used to be, and all that good stuff. And so we now see the Israelites. If you don't, if that was too fast for you, I need you to go read the book of Exodus. Um, <laughs> all that good stuff. And so we now see the Israelites 
um, in, a, in, in a wilderness. And um, we see the Israelites in a wilderness, and you would think that after all the miracles, signs, and wonders that, you know, God did on their behalf, that they would have a greater amount of faith and trust in God. But we see that, the, that God said, you know, he made a covenant. He's like, you know, I'm going to take you to this promised land flowing with milk and honey. And they get excited and they get excited and they're like, yes, God, we believe you. We trust you. But when it's time to be obedient, they're like, whoa, they don't, they don't really get the concept of belief, right, obviously. And so a journey that's supposed to take 11 days turns into 40 years. <laughs> You see, it's actually not a crime to be in the wilderness. It, it's, it's actually, it's not the enemy that puts you in the wilderness. It's the enemy that keeps you there longer than you're supposed to be there. It's not, it, it's, it's the enemy that manipulates you into sinning and complaining your way through the wilderness. And there is a, that's a whole nother sermon. There is a posture in the wilderness that gets you through it and takes you to the promised land. But I'm really not trying to go there this morning. Okay. So Hebrews 3, 16 to 19, it says, And who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpse laid in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking to when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. I'm now going to um, move over to Hebrews 4, 6 to 11. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. I want us to note how the Bible is using disobedience and unbelief interchangeably. This is not... When you, if you do not believe, if this is all you get out of today, it's good. If you do not believe in something, that means you don't obey it. When you obey something, that proves that you believe in it. Am I making sense? So verse, verse um, 7 says, so God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announces this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them his rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter into the rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. The rest and the peace that many of you are looking for in this room is not tied to how much you can fast. It's not tied to your, how, much you, how long you can spend in prayer. It's not tied to who you're connected to. It's simply tied to your obedience. It's tied to your obedience. It's tied to your obedience. And so you've been asking God, when, Lord, when? How, Lord, how? I've been seeking you. I thought I would find you. What is going on? And God is saying, have you done the last thing I told you to do? Have you? Otherwise, if you don't, then you will be in the wilderness longer than you're supposed to. Longer than you're supposed to. Okay, guys, I'm going to have to pause right here. Um, Nosa, do you mind running and getting my charger? Because my iPad is like on 1%. So obviously it was not charging when I thought it was. Um, 
yeah, the cord is super long, so I'm sure we should configure this thing out. Okay, perfect. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. So my question to you this afternoon is what is God asking you to do? And why haven't you obeyed yet? What is it that God has been requiring from you as a believer, as a child of God, as somebody who claims him to be their Lord? How much has God required of you and why haven't you obeyed yet? Do you understand that the key to your breakthrough is tied to your obedience? You see, I can have a house and I can have ownership to the house. But until I have the key to that house, I can never access the belongings in that house. I, I, I can't tell you how many times. Um, so I attended the University of Texas at Austin. Um, if any Longhorns in the house, hook up. Yeah, yeah, everybody be jealous, be jealous. Just say you're jealous, it's okay. <laughs> Hook them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just say you're jealous. It's okay. It's absolutely okay. So I can, I can have all these belongings, and I can have everything in this house, but until I have the key, I will always lack access. Do you know that there are several promises of God that are linked to your obedience because obedience is the key. The Bible says that those who wait upon the Lord, I will renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not grow weak. Everybody gets hype. We are hype. But have you waited upon the Lord? Or are you waiting on that recommendation letter? Are you waiting on that professor? Are you waiting on that relationship? I dare you to wait upon the Lord and all of a sudden you'll see that your weakness becomes, you start to become strong in your weakness. I dare you to wait upon the Lord and you'll see that God starts to renew your body. That sickness that has been there, that stubborn pain that's been in your body starts to go. I dare you to wait upon the Lord and you will see a renewed strength. There is strength for the weak in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And the promise is he will make your path straight. That's the promise. You see, the Israelites <laughs> had the promise of the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. But many of them did not even get to reach, even though it was theirs, they didn't have access to it because they lacked the key of obedience. I really um, encourage y'all to get back into an attitude of obedience. Many times when we first give our lives to Christ, we, we are like on it. 
our A game is on with our Christian walk. We, we're spending time in the presence of God. We're praying. We're going to the Bible studies. We're meeting up at the gathering, and we're asking questions. Power night is our night because we're front and center. But as we become so familiar with the word of God, and we become so familiar with the presence of God, we lose that enthusiasm. And so when we once had access to what God had promised us, God, it just goes away. Because we lack that obedience. That obedience is key. That obedience is key. Can y'all go to the next slide for me? That obedience is key. That obedience is key. So as I was doing research on, um, on, on this um, study of obedience, as I, was, as I was going into the word, I ran upon this scripture. And God really had to... Um, <laughs> I, I love... I, I want to encourage you guys... If you are, um, and you know that this is you, if you are a verse of the day Christian, I want to encourage you to move deeper. Because, once again, this is all over the, there's a promise tied to dwelling. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, right? There's so much, there's so much. Listen, if y'all not a uh, Psalms 91 shawty, go ahead and hit that scripture up. Because that scripture will save you, right? And so, and so I was listening, I was, I was reading the word and I was studying and I ran across a couple scriptures in John and I had, to, I was doing cross-referencing between like versions and I was really going in, I was going in, I was going in, okay? And um, we're going to start from, I'm, I'm about to take y'all on the journey that God took me on. So 1 John chapter 1, 8 to 9. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from every wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. AKA, we all seen us. Cool. The next slide is 1 John 3, 9. So I, I just want, I want you guys to follow me. The first one I just read was 1 John 1, 8 to 9. Two chapters later, James translation. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. I was like, God, this one is confusing. Oh. Now, one thing that I will teach you guys about studying the word of God is that when it seems confusing, the issue is you, not the word. So check it. Check it. Don't say that, oh, the word is so confusing. He doesn't even know. No, no, no. It's you. You lack understanding. Check it. Check it. And so I had to now change my translation. I said, this, this King James is a little too king for me, okay? I had to come back to the New Living Translation. First John, that same verse, First John 3 verse 9 says, Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sin, sinning. Wow, that's, that's a lot different than what I thought it was. Because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So the question I have for you guys this afternoon is, do you make a practice of sinning? Yes, we are all sinners. Yes, we all have, that's why we need to be saved. But are you scheduling your sin? 
Like, are you, are you willingly saying, are you willingly saying like, you know, you know, me and God, we've been rolling for a while. You know, he understands. The Holy Spirit is convicting you while y'all talking back. Does like, we have to, we have to check that. Because there is no way that God's seed can be in you. And you are walking around scheduling your sin and you feel comfortable. There's a problem. I have to, I have to check on your salvation. There is a problem. There's a problem. Something has been, uh, uh, something is not tight enough. Something has, we missed the road somewhere. We should not be, feel comfortable in sin. The very first scripture I read, 1 John, 1 John 1, 8 to 9, that he says, yes, we're sinners, but we can come and repent. Have you gotten so used to sin that you don't even feel the need to repent? And that is what, that is when we talk about, you, well, that's what we call a disobedient lifestyle. This is not, I messed up, God, I'm sorry. This is, I feel comfortable in my sin and I'm sitting in it. We have to check that, children of God. You cannot claim that you believe in God, the Father, in Jesus Christ, the Son, if you feel comfortable in your sin. You can't. You can't. And so when we look at the when we look at the, the, the word sin, it really means to miss a mark. It means to miss, to fall short of the standard that God has set for us. And so it's so important that we we do not feel comfortable missing the mark. When we miss it, we repent, which means we do, we we turn away from it and we don't go back to that same vomit. There is a heart posture that comes with children of God who sin because they don't feel comfortable in that vomit. They don't. It bothers them. Their conscience is, 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 is checked. It's pricked. It's pricked. You don't feel comfortable. It makes their stomach... It, it just doesn't work. And so the, the whole point of this word is that in the kingdom... Our belief in our king is connected to our obedience. Obedience is the key. Can, can you turn to your neighbor and say obedience is the key? It is the key. It is the key. It is the key. It's the key. And there are a couple benefits of obedience. Um, when you obey, you unlock God's promises. You are able to receive direction from the Holy Spirit, and it's also for your own good. Nosa, can I get that chair that I needed? When you obey, you unlock God's promises. You unlock your, you have the key to unlock God's promises. You're able to receive direction from the Holy Spirit because you haven't ignored the Holy Spirit so much that he just stopped talking to you. You're actually able to hear what he's saying. When you struggle with hearing the voice of God, you need to check whether you're walking in obedience. Because your spirit, you're the only part of your part, you're made of your body, soul, and spirit. The only part of that threefold um, man, man is the spirit that's connected to God. The only part that's able to connect to God is your spirit. And a lot of us has kill, have killed our spirit so much that we can't even hear from God. Because that is the only aspect of us that's able to connect with the Father. The Bible says that nobody knows, like you cannot understand um, you cannot know what God is saying unless your spirit is connected with his spirit. Yeah. 
unless your spirit is connected with his spirit. Unless your spirit is connected with his spirit. And so obedience is sitting in the chair, okay? Obedience is sitting in the chair. And, and, and I, I want you guys to understand this illustration. Because when we, when God says the standard is in the chair, the standard is you sitting. This is obedience. You sitting in this chair is obedience. So there's an aspect, you know, 1 Corinthians 5, um, 1 Corinthians 5, 17, all things have passed away. All things have become new. You know, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the salvation thing. You know, I got saved and some things are, you know, are cool, but there are some things I'm still struggling with. And, and so um, I know that God forgives me when I mess up, and I, but I'm really going to try this obedience thing. I'm not going to schedule my sin. I'm really going to try to do the best I can. And so I try to sit, but I'm not really used to it. And, and so I kind of sit, and then I end up falling on the floor. And I know there's grace, and I know that God forgives me. So I get back up. I get back up, and I try again. I try again. I'm forgiven. I learned some things from that last time. And then I end up sitting like on the corner. It's not all the way, but I'm better than I was the last time. I'm not on the floor. And so, okay, cool. And then I try again. And if you keep on persisting, and if you keep on God, the Bible says that God is giving you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. Which means that even when you have the desire, you may not have the power. And even when you have the ability, you may not have the desire. But it's cool because God is giving you both of them because he wants you to do what pleases him. And when you tap into that promise, you end up sitting on the chair. And you sit comfortably. Now, I want you guys to understand this. What I'm not saying is that you can buy your salvation. Salvation is free. You just have to accept it. Salvation is free. You, you just have to, you have to accept it. And so what I'm saying is that when you mess up and you are on the floor, there is grace down here. Okay? There is, there is grace. God's grace is down here on the floor. But, whew, workout. There is favor up here. There is peace up here. There is provision up here. The joy of the Lord is in this seat. And so many times, we, we get the bare minimum of our salvation because we stay on the floor. And we, we don't even experience the fullness of God because we've gotten so comfortable on a hard floor. And God has said, I have the seat that is cushioned. I have the seat where my, where my provision and my strength is, is in the seat. If you obey, there is, there is glory on the seat. And you don't have to stay on the floor. And many times the reason we stay on the floor is because we've just been manipulated into thinking that the floor is the best that can, it can get. But there's so much more. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's so much more. 
can you go to my next slide, please? If you guys, um, if you've been in this pandemic like I have, um, you guys would have understood that Zoom is like, you know, Zoom is like the most, if I type in Z on my address by Zoom, Right, it's like, it's the it's the, the app of, I don't even know what their stock is right now because they are really making waves because of this pandemic. And so if you know anything about Zoom, you will know that there is a free Zoom version, okay? It's the basic package. You got 40 minutes though, you better use it all up <laughs> or you better start this meeting all over again. Send out the link all over again. Make sure everybody got it all over again, but you got 40 minutes, make it work. But if you're like, wow, you know Zoom, I kind of want a little bit more. I don't want to get stopped at that 40 minute mark. It's kind of annoying. Then you get to go to the next version, which is the $14.99 per month tax, of course. Don't ever forget the tax. Okay, it's $14.99 per month. You can host up to 100 you know, participants and you have an unlimited amount of time. And as you see in this pricing structure, the more that you want out of the Zoom software, the more you must be willing to sacrifice. And my question to you is what are you willing to sacrifice for more of God? Yes, salvation is free, but an encounter requires consecration. Salvation is free, but you must be willing to, you've made a God out of your belly and you must be willing to let that go. Salvation is free, but there are some friends that have no business. You don't even have a business saving their number. They have no business having access to your ears because they're not being led by the creator. The blind leading the blind is trying to lead you. Salvation is free, but I don't know if you guys are like me, but I want more. That free version is cute initially. And the Bible says that, you know, you can come and, you know, the word of God is milk and it'll feed you. But after a while, you need meat. Paul got on the Christians. He was like, y'all been on milk for too long. You need meat. You need more. Sunday is not enough. I need you to be at the gathering. I feel, listen, if you do not come to the gathering, the time when you can actually go deeper and ask questions, you're sitting here with a question for me at this point, I need you to come to the gathering and ask. Don't struggle in silence. Salvation is free. But God is like, I don't want them to stop at the basic package. I want them to have all of me. I, I, I want them to experience different dimensions of me. I want them to see me in all my glory. I want them to have an encounter with me. I want to speak through them to them through visions. And I want them to experience dreams. I want to use them in their generation. I want to bring people out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light through their lives. I want to transform their family because of their faith. Salvation is free. But how many people want more? I want the pro package. I do not want the basic package. Give me all the benefits of Jesus. All the benefits. So what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to sacrifice? Romans 6, 5 to 6, as I round up, says, 
since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. I need you to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm no longer slaves to sin. I am no longer a slave to sin. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. The next, um, Romans 6, 12 to 14, keeps on going and it says, do not let sin control the way that you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. I need, I am waiting for people who understand that they are no longer slaves to sin. I need you to understand that you have, God, Jesus Christ already defeated sin. So the fact that you're still living in it is, is very, do you believe in what Jesus Christ did? Because if you did, it would impact the way you live. My very last slide, if you know anything about, if you've been in Texas and you've been black in Texas, you know, you'll, you'll, you would have seen Juneteenth. And, and just a summary for those of us who don't know, Juneteenth is a holiday that's celebrated by black people in Texas, even though people all over the country just take on Ashipov. It's really a Texas thing. I don't get it. It's okay. But it, it was a day that we, we chose to celebrate um, the fact that um, even though Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves in, I think it was like 1963. Sorry, 1863. They didn't know until two years later. And so in 1863, they were still working for the white man, picking the cotton, saying yes, sir, and no, sir, and all this stuff. But it wasn't until two years later, even though the rest of the world knew that black people had been free, it wasn't until two years later that they realized that they were free. My question to us this morning is that has the enemy been manipulating you to not understand that you've actually been set free a long time ago? Have you been working for the kingdom of darkness? Have you been allowing yourself to be a, 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 a master, of a slave of sin? Serving sin with your body, allowing sin to dictate your life, making disobedience a lifestyle. If you have, I'm here to let you know that Jesus Christ died on the cross over 2,000 years ago to free you. And if you haven't claimed that freedom, happy birthday, today is your day. It is Independence Day for you. Because that freedom is for you. You were bought with such an expensive, at such an expensive price. And God wants you. He wants your heart. He knows you. And he still wants you. If everybody could rise on their feet. Because I, I, I really do believe that this message... It's just not to make you shout. That's, that's cute, but that's not why I'm here. I am here because somebody needs to experience 
freedom. Somebody needs to experience the freedom that can only be found in Christ. You have been praying and trying and trying to figure this thing out. But the Bible does not say figure it out and then come to me. The Bible says that if you come to me, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And I will give you the power and the desire to do what pleases me. And so with every eye closed, all heads bowed, I would like to invite you to enter into the kingdom. There is peace and joy and love and freedom in the kingdom. And so if you need to dedicate your life to Christ today, and if you want to experience God, not just only as your, your Lord, but also your Savior, I need you to raise your hand in this moment. The second group of people I would like to pray for is that if you, if you used to be on fire, but because of disobedience, you just kind of lost, like, it's just not the same. You just kind of fell back into old habits. They say everything is supposed to be new, but you don't feel new. I need you to raise your hand. The name of Jesus. And so... Everybody, if you're raising your hand right now, I need you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I repent for my sins. I acknowledge you as my Lord and my Savior. God, I want to do your will. I want to obey your word. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And on the third days, you got back up again. I acknowledge that you are my king, and I want to be a part of your kingdom. Teach me how to walk in your will. Show me how to do your will. Connect me with the community of people that will help me to walk with you. God, I surrender. I feel that for somebody. This is a thing of surrender. Your control is what's going to keep you out of the, keep you out of the kingdom. This is a thing of surrender. This is a surrender thing. God, I surrender my will. I need you to repeat after me. God, I surrender my will. I surrender my way. I surrender my desire. And I say not my will, but yours be done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.